pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's time to break down what went right and what went wrong during yesterday's game. Severe Reaction is on the air with your host, Michael Severe, and the most important voice of all, yours. Severe Reaction starts now. Powered by Equitable Bank. We take banking personally, only on 1620 The Zone. Second and two. Grant still in the backfield. Good block out in front of him, Greg, by Marcus. Grant gets a handoff. Stutter steps his way to the 15. Cuts to the outside. Wow, 10, 5, touchdown. Anthony Grant, an electrifying move at the 19-yard line, and he scoops in there for six points. That's where he's special, right there. He got the touchdown pass late in the first half. Back to throw is Schuster looking down the middle field. Hit! And ball pops out. It's loose in a pile up. And the Huskers, I think, have it. Stephon Wynn, I think, has it. As Nelson hitting from the backside, the ball squirted forward, and the Huskers have forced that turnover. Garrett Nelson off the right side. Greg, he finally got to the quarterback, and that's a fumble. Stephon Wynn jumps on it. Huge play by the captain, Garrett Nelson. Chancellor Brewington in the game to block. They fake the handoff. Casey rolls out, flips it out in the flat. Brewington makes a catch. He's going to go down to the goal line. Touchdown, Nebraska. Going to roll out, flip to Chancellor Brewington, and he scores. It's his second career Husker touchdown. Um, as a head coach, you got to balance, you know, telling them they're a great team to keep the confidence up with being honest with them and making sure we're continuing to get better. Um, this team can be a great team. It's not right now, and that was my message to them. Um, so that, that puts us in a perfect position to have the potential to be good, but know that we got a lot of work to do and a lot of things to fix. Welcome to Severe Reaction. I am Michael Severe. We're on 1620 The Zone. Does that music, are we not allowed to have music coming out of the stuff, the coal open anymore? Chance, is that like, is that a rule? Because I've been gone for a while, so I may change. FCC got upset about it, or what, BMI, ASCAP, what's going on? Well, it just happened to be that that bed was the exact length oh. of the highlights that I didn't notice. Oh, so the bed ended right when the highlights ended. Yeah. So that's good timing. Not really. Incredible. Nice yeah. job. I would like to add that I have a computer this week. For Big Red Overreaction last week, I did not. I got a new sign-on from David, who I believe is titled the program director. Uh, PD, PM, PC? He's technically the PD of a lot of these, a lot of a things, lot of these okay. things in the right. cluster, but I think his official title is... Operations manager? Yeah, the operations manager. The, <laughs> the OM. He's the OM and the OMD and all those things. I, uh, of course... 951-1620-402-951-1620 can be involved in the show. Nebraska moves to 1-1 one and one on the season. I was walking back to my car. I park um, kind of like by that little salt, what's it called? Salt Lake? Salt River? Salt? It's that little area over there near the Devaney. I park over there, and I walk. So I go under the bridge, and I come down. I'm walking past people, and somebody's wrapping up their little tailgate from the day, and 
And they're like, hey, how's it going? I was like, good, one and one. And they're like, oh, it was just North Dakota. And I was like, yeah, it's still a win. Like, they don't like, when they put the schedule up, they don't go, you know, win, loss, just North Dakota. They don't go win, loss, just Georgia Southern. They don't do that. It's it's one and one. Be happy. Nebraska's at 500. Um, did everything go right yesterday? Of course not. Everything didn't go right. We'll go over a bunch of the stuff that went wrong. We'll, we'll also go over a lot of the things that went right and how long it took to get to the point where things went right. That's the thing that probably is more dis- disturbing than anything else in terms of what we saw yesterday. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you to uh, the Big Ten Network for coming in and doing their live show in the morning on campus. It's pretty cool, uh, especially coming off of the Northwestern week. I wasn't sure if they were going to change their plans, but they didn't. They still showed up. Uh, they were on campus, so that's cool if you had a chance to see those folks uh, live in town for the game. Uh, also, with Nebraska uh, playing a game against North Dakota, that's the first win that Nebraska's had since the win over Northwestern last year. Uh, the question was asked a couple times to Scott Frost in the post game about you know whether or not you know what this meant getting this win after a long time it would have been to the team, and he had a really good answer, perfect answer. He said, "Yeah, it matters to my my record, right? But all this matters this year is one and one. That's all that matters. That they they won a game." And that's cool, and everybody should be happy about it. But now, you obviously, move on to Georgia Southern. But that was big yesterday as well, getting to that point. Uh, we'll go over some of the things the defense did. Um, it really took a while for the black shirts to get going in terms of havoc, something that I always chart every single week. Uh, also, we'll talk about something that Scott Frost brought up in his press conference. For the last couple of years, I've been talking about finishing drive rate and how important it is to have a finishing drive rate. In my opinion, over five, right? Five points scored every time you get in your opponents past their 40. Um, Nebraska has not reached that number in a very long time. We'll get into that. And Scott Frost bite about that as well. And a simple question for you for the show. How do you feel? Um, now one and one beating North Dakota. Do you feel better about the season through two games? Do you feel worse because of what you saw yesterday? Or are you just indifferent? And that's the one that Trev Alberts and everyone around the program is concerned about. Indifference. They're worried about people getting apathetic about a win because it's only North Dakota. Getting apathetic about whether or not they're going to go to the game. Next week is Georgia Southern. It's a 6.30 game. It's a night game. Now, people schedule things. I have an event that I'm supposed to be at on Saturday night that was scheduled like two months ago. Do you make the choice and go, you know what? Uh, I'll pass on this game, and I'm going to go do whatever I have to do. Maybe your kid has games, whatever else, right? You get to that point where you're thinking that way, that's the fear for the program. That's the fear for Trev Alberts. Um, and that's you're going to have games like that occasionally, whether it's an Idaho State over the years or a North Dakota State or whatever. You're going to have a game like that, but that's the fear. That's the concern that Nebraska's administration, including Trev Alberts, have that that last one, the indifference, happens. So you feel better, worse, or indifferent. We'll start off early. Six minutes in, we go to the phones, 402-951-1620, and that's where MJ is this morning. Good morning, MJ. How are you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Welcome back. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. A um, couple questions. Um, the first, did you think there was a clock management issue at the end of the first half when North Dakota was driving and Scott started calling timeouts? They seemed to benefit them instead of pushing them to hurry up or use their own timeout. And then... Hold on, real quick on, real quick on MJ, real quick on MJ, because I went back this morning to just watch okay. that series, right? Because I was thinking about it last night. And I kind of understand, since they only had the 23 plays and those limited possessions, trying to hold them to a field goal and leaving yourself 40 or 50 seconds to try to get another drive, I kind of get it. 
But at the same time, you just did it the week before. It didn't work out for you. So maybe you don't do it back-to-back weeks. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of – I'm a little indifferent on that one because I see the point of trying to get another possession, but at the same time, I, you weren't really stopping North Dakota. They were going to move the ball and get down to a field goal or a touchdown anyway. Right. I'm kind of with you. And it just seemed like it gave them more time to maybe talk about what play to run, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just thought – I don't know if Scott felt the need to interject himself since he wasn't play calling. Maybe I can call timeouts, darn it. It's, it's, that's certainly a possibility. But I, I get trying to get into the possession because when you look back and you say they only ran 23 plays and only had the ball for nine minutes in the first half, I, I understand right. trying to get one extra possession. All right. And then secondly, uh, I want to slide you into Trev Albert's chair here. Ooh. And, you know, every AD has got that piece of paper in their top drawer with yeah. four names on it or so. Um, do you think Mickey Joseph is on that list? And do you think it's time to get away from the Nebraska well or, you know, we just go get the best coach we can? And who do you think should be on that list of his? MJ, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, there's So there's a lot of names that could obviously be on the list, and people have made those. Um, I think in terms of Mickey, so Mickey's really only head coaching position that he had was a very short stint at Langston. Um, that didn't go great, right? But he has aged and matured as a coach a lot since then. Um, whether it be the time at Grambling or the time at LSU or whatever, or you know now at Nebraska, I don't think Mickey is your first choice for a head coach at Nebraska. I think you want to try to find someone who has proven it at the highest level, not at um, Langston's level, not even at a Central Florida level, because you can go over this, but go look at all the coaches that have come out of the AAC that have moved up, and there's not a whole lot of success there. We'll, we'll see if that changes; it's a possibility. Um, but as of right now, not a lot of success. So I think you want to get somebody from the top level that's that's been there. So you have a guy like Tom Herman, who, yes, had some success at Houston, had a little success at Texas, and then had some struggles at Texas. Had struggles whenever they were favored in games, they, they struggled for whatever reason. So you have a guy like Tom Herman that could be on your list. Um, I always liked Dan Mullen. I know it didn't work in the end at Florida, but look at Mississippi State and what he did at Mississippi State. Look at what Mississippi State did going to bowl games and having winning seasons before Dan Mullen, and then look at the stretch during Dan Mullen, and it'll prove you Dan Mullen can coach. So that's a guy that I look at and I say, you know, if you want to retread a guy. Um, people don't like this, I understand, because of his character or whatever else, but literally if Urban Meyer said he would come coach for you and you said no because your principles as a Nebraska fan, you're out of your mind. <laughs> really. I-, I know what happened at Jacksonville. I get that. I- trust me. The dude's got like an 800% winning percentage. I don't know what the exact number is. Maybe it's the high seven nines. It's it's up there. He won like eight out of every 10 games he's coached in his career. At whether it was Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. He's got national championships and undefeated seasons. If you're too good for Urban Meyer, then you're crazy. I understand the idea that, oh, man, look what he did at Jacksonville and it fell apart at Jacksonville. Some guys just aren't pro coaches. I don't know. The man knows the game. He can recruit and he can win. You want to get back to it? If Urban Meyer decided to be your coach, I'm taking Urban Meyer. Now, again, maybe Trev wouldn't do that because of some of the baggage. I get it. But in my opinion, I'd hire him in a heartbeat. So, I mean, that's three people that have at different points succeeded at different levels that you could look at. But – Never never forget that you could, if you wanted to, right, you can always go down to one double-A. And I know people don't like the idea of that sometimes. They're like, oh, good level he was at. And I was just talking about how the AAU. But if you find me a guy, and I know Jim Tressel's the greatest example of this, being at one level, one double-A, and then 
obviously having success at Ohio State. And it was a unique situation. Youngstown to Ohio State, you know, short distance from Youngstown to, to Columbus and all that. But there, there are guys who are down there who are great coaches. And if you decide to yourself, I can't, I can't find somebody I think that exactly fits it. You know, if you can't get a guy like Kleiman to leave Kansas State, I would love to see Chris Kleiman coach here if, if that ever came to it. Um, I just wish Lance Leipold was in a place that's better than Kansas because he's not going to win enough games to where Nebraska fans would go, yeah, Lance Leipold, we could hire him. You're not, it's not going to happen, right, because of the fact that he's at Kansas. So those are a couple guys. But if you can't get those guys, if for whatever reason, look down to the next level and say, okay, who's winning the national championships? Who has a creative enough offense? Who's doing something different for us to be able to compete at the Big Ten in the West in a different way? You do that. But as of right now, I mean, Scott Frost is the head coach, right? Yes, yes, there should be a list in every AD's drawer of who they're going to hire if they have to make a hire. We all agree with that. And I think those five or six guys I just named should all be on the list. And then a guy like Mickey, you interview him. Um, maybe you interview Chenander if you want. Maybe you interview Whipple if you want. I don't know. But in the end, I think the bottom line is you want to have one guy who has one at a level that's considered to be a power five level and that maybe he's been off for a year. Maybe he's doing TV. Maybe it was a bad situation for him. And, you know, he's willing to come and take all your money because that's the thing. The first time somebody at your job says to you, oh, who's going to come here? As soon as that person says it, you turn around and go, almost anyone is going to come take your five to seven million dollars a year. Really? Don't don't think they won't. The number one list for a lot of people, especially when you go to talk to the analytics people on who you should hire if you could, actually lost yesterday in a game where Utah had every chance to win that game at Florida. But Kyle Whittingham is the name that so many people throw out at you because of the success he's had at Utah. Now he is he is a Mormon, Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints. So a lot of those folks, you know, who are from that area stay in that area. Um, But maybe you could get him. Maybe you can get him to leave Utah and say, hey, you've done everything you can do with the Utes. How about coming here, winning and getting another statue built for you, right? Maybe maybe you do that. So you go after a guy like Kyle Whittingham. But what you have to do is you got to make sure that you don't limit yourself in terms of who's going to come here. Like the average fan will say, who's going to come here? You'd say... Here are the top names on my list. Hey, tell me no. Here's, here's a checkbook. I'm going to put a bunch of zeros. Now you tell me no. Money whipping is what we called it before. You money whip them. You, you put as much money in front of them as they can, and then you see if they decide to take it. That's the best way to do it, um, and that would fit. But as of now, as we've said over and over again, Scott Frost is still the head coach. There's a long way to go in this season. I personally don't believe that if they lose. So they beat Georgia Southern. They lose to Oklahoma. They're sitting there at 2-2. Two and two. Um, then Indiana happens. Do I think that that means that the season that they're going to fire him? I, I just can't see a guy like Trev Alberts firing a guy in the middle of the season. I, I just, I personally don't see it, but you know, there are a lot of people out there that think that's going to happen as soon as it drops down to the $5 million. Um, then he'll get fired depending on where the schedules. I, I don't think that's the possible. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to be through this whole year, but if they if they were some re- for some reason lost Indiana and they were sitting at two and three, um, I think it just feels like it felt for the Mike Rowley year. You know, and you know, at the end of his career in twenty seventeen, you know it's over. You know he's a lame duck coach, um, but you don't fire him, and he's and he's there to the end of the season. That's that's what that's what I think would happen. We'll take a break. We'll come back more into how you feel now after the win. So you feel better. 
Do you feel worse? Do you feel indifferent? Um, and the indifferent part is, the again, the, the biggest concern for folks. Um, we'll get into that. We'll also look at some of the numbers from the defense and how long it took them to get going. And the thing that Scott Frost talked about in his postgame, uh, finishing dra- drive rate. You get to the 40, other teams 40, you need to produce points almost all the time. Didn't happen yesterday. Hasn't happened under Scott Frost for a reason. We'll do that. More severe reaction when we come back here on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.